Thank you. Good evening. How are you? Good. We'll sing Holy, 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 and then Michael lead us in our opening prayer. <clears throat> holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Father, we come before you this evening asking you to help us to purge our minds of the everyday things and focus them on you and your Son and the Spirit. To focus on allowing you to make us one, united with clean hearts and truly loving each other. Thank you for everyone who's here. And help us as we go through this worship hour. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matt, this is one your mom likes.
We'll sing Ivory Palaces and then we'll have the Lord's Supper. <clears throat> My Lord has Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the love that you showed us when, when you sent your Son to be our sacrifice. Not only to be our sacrifice, Father, but to be our example, our, our way that, that, that we could see how to live and we could see what we need to do to be pleasing unto you. But we're mostly thankful at this time for the life that he was willing to to lay down for us, for we know that he gave up his body. And as we partake of this, as we partake of this loaf that represents his body, we pray that we'll do so in a manner pleasing unto thee. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Continuing in prayer. Father, we're, we're thankful for the blood that was shed.
We know that all throughout the Old Testament there was much bloodshed for forgiveness of sins, but we know that it was Jesus' blood that, that was the final thing that 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 actually forgives the blood, forgives the sins. We're thankful for that blood. We're thankful for Jesus that He was willing to to to, to have it shed for us, Father. As we partake of this fruit of the vine that 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 represents that blood once again. We pray that we will do so with gladness of heart and, and thought on him. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for all the, the blessings that you give us in this life. We're thankful for our jobs and our homes and and the way you look out for us and the way you take care of us. Are for, we're thankful for a reasonable portion of health that you've given to us. At this time, Father, we wish to return a, a part of that and that, that your word may continue to grow here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Before Matt brings lesson, we'll sing Heaven Came Down. <clears throat> oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend, he met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I'm telling, he made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul.
All right, so we're continuing our study in the book of Colossians. We are in the last chapter tonight, so we had to get a little bit creative. I want you to be thinking about the common themes um, that Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians share. Um, we won't go into um, Philemon. We won't go into the uh, books of Timothy just to, to shorten this a little bit, the, uh, this series. But tonight is kind of a mixture, and it's very interesting, and I think it actually paints a picture that we don't sit on very often, we don't look at very often, we don't um, um, break down and really um, grasp. We, we Probably a lot of times in our own personal study, we get to this part of Paul's letters, and we kind of fast forward through it. And that's completely understandable. It's kind of like going back into the old law and reading books like Leviticus and stuff like that. There's lots of places where you kind of want to just fast forward through it as well. But there is something very cool that's going on here in this last chapter uh, of Colossians. So, obviously verse 1 is a continuation of what we finished with um, last week. So I'll read that real quick. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. And like we, we discussed uh, last week, you know, we don't really deal with slavery or any form of slavery in this country anymore. And um, so really comparing it to the idea of if you're, if you're an overseer of somebody, if you're somebody who is in charge of something, I mean, this is a good way to apply scripture like this. If you're a boss of someone, you know, understand too that you, you have a boss as well, and that boss is in heaven. Okay? Verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Does this remind anybody of any scripture from this morning? Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Steadfast, earnest. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Remember, he keeps going back to that. Why is he there? Has he broke any law? Has he done anything to become a criminal? Nothing but preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why he's there. So he's, even though he's in prison, even though he's struggling, even though he's having a difficult time in life, he's still asking that the church of Colossae pray for him that God will open doors so that he can declare the mystery of Christ. And, and like everybody prays usually before they get up and speak, that God make it clear. That it may be clear when, it, when he has the opportunity to do that, right? Which is how I ought to speak. So, then he says this, and this is, um, this is about the only real nugget of wisdom in chapter 4. It says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. You know, this is a lost art in our world today. Normally when you see somebody who has a disagreement, especially for any of you who are plugged in with social media and things like that, I mean, I can tell you that's why I don't have it. That's why I refuse to get it. It's not always the uh, most positive thing or most um, appreciated thing about me, but this is what I see. I see when polar opposites come together, 
especially on the internet, it turns into something worse than it ever would have been if those two people were standing in front of each other face to face having a conversation because this idea of having your speech always being gracious and seasoned with salt, it's gone. Instead, we come at people in full force to try, trying to destroy every single argument rather than trying to reason, trying to find the common ground, trying to find that place. Remember Paul, when he walks into Athens and he sees all the idols. He could have walked in and said, this is terrible. What are you guys doing? You've missed the whole point. But instead he comes in and he says, I see that you guys are religious. Does that mean he was acknowledging all the false gods? Of course not. But he was trying to find a place of common ground. He was trying to find a place where they could start a conversation about the God being Yahweh, right? The God being God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So I just wanted to encourage you with that because we're going to take a turn. That's, that's the real, real big piece of wisdom in uh, chapter 4. The rest of it is kind of a who's who. That's what it is. Now, like I said, normally we probably fast forward through this. We read it real quick. Yeah, 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 that's cool. And we move on. Right? But think about this. Paul is at the end of his life. He's, he's in prison. He's waiting. He's waiting for that moment, which we know is going to be his last moment here on earth. And a lot of times when we think about Paul, do we think about the, the enormous group of people that's going with Paul everywhere he went? You know, this morning when I talked about um, um, when Jesus calms the storm, I highlighted it, but I didn't really have time this morning to point it out to you. That it wasn't just their boat. Right, But when you think about that story and you think about it in, in, in your regular day in your life, do you see a whole bunch of boats in panic? Do you see a whole bunch of people that are so desperate for Jesus that they've literally got in the boat and they followed him across the water? You usually just see the boat. Right? You usually just see the disciples that are with him in the boat. And that's what we focused on this morning. Tonight, we're going to focus kind of on the people that were not in that boat, but in the boats following. Because I think it shows a very interesting picture. Like Tychicus. Has anybody ever heard of him? Does anybody have a ready recollection of Tychicus? I didn't. If you don't, don't feel bad. I didn't. I had to study for this. Right? He says, Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Well, who is he? Acts chapter 20 points out a very interesting fact. He was Asian. All right, and just for the sake of time, Aristocrus is Thessalonian. Okay, because we're going to get to him here in a little bit. But he's... Asian, how many times do we think about all the different cultures that are not just coming to church, coming to know God, learning about this, being exposed to it, churches being planted, but these people, we, when Paul walks into a city, and this is one of the things I want you to see by the end of the night, when Paul walks into the city, he's not walking in with a group 
of Jews. He's not walking in with a group of people that only have the same color skin as him. He's not walking in with a group of people that are only familiar with the culture that he grew up in. When Paul walks into a city, he walks in with people from all kinds of culture. People from everywhere. I mean, just think of that picture in this day and age especially. In this time frame. That would have been something. Uh, Ephesians 6, he says, So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose. Sounds like Colossians, right? And the reason why it sounds like Colossians is because this is the guy who delivered letters for Paul. It's one of the things he did. He delivered the letter of, of Colossians that we're reading right now, and he delivered the letter of Ephesians that we uh, read earlier in the study. This is what he did. He not just brought the letter that Paul wrote, he would share what was going on, kind of like when we have a missionary come and kind of share what's going on with them. This is who he is. Is this the picture that we have for the, Paul, the ministry of Paul? To me, it's very interesting. How about this one? Verse uh, 9. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place here. So not only is he sending his guy who delivers letters, who's been with him through thick and thin and, and has, um, is kind of a, a carrier for him, but he's also sending Onesimus. Who's Onesimus? He's a Colossian. He's from Colossae. So they have somebody they don't necessarily know. They don't have somebody that when they see, they recognize his face in Tychicus. But they also have Onesimus, who's somebody from their fold that they've obviously sent to spend time with Paul, to take care of Paul, to make sure that Paul's okay. And you're going to see that even furthermore uh, with uh, one of the other guys here. So Philemon is really where a lot of these guys are found. And when you start digging into it, what you'll find is nobody really knows which letter was written first and which was written second, right? Nobody knows where because they're so close in time to when they were written. It would make a profound difference on the way you interpret some of this, okay? Um, but he says uh, about Onesimus, I appeal to you from, for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. So he came to Paul while Paul was in prison. And it says, formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. Now, the church tradition and what many people believe about Onesimus is that he was actually a runaway slave. And that's why he was in prison. Because he was a runaway slave and he got caught and he was in prison. And while he was in prison with Paul, they become friends. In fact, Paul becomes his spiritual father, so to speak, um, based on the scripture here and what he says. The other thing you should know that's very interesting is the name Onesimus means useless. I think that's what I'm going to name my next dog. Onesimus. My first dog growing up was named Useless. He was a boxer. He lived up to his name. Maybe it'll be more clever to be Onesimus. 
But he says he's useful. And you know, I, I love that. I love how in the Bible, God takes names. He changes names. He, he changes purpose in people. Right? We've discussed about Peter, and, and Peter, the name for Peter, really means pebble, not the rock, the foundation, for example, that Jesus would be to the church, right? Upon this rock I will build my... You've got Saul who's turned to Paul. Why? Because Saul is no longer Saul anymore. He's Paul. He has a new purpose. He has a new understanding. Right? And in this one, he's doing, Paul's doing the same thing. He's saying, look, this guy used to be useless. He used to be considered useless. He was so useless. That's what they named him. But now he's useful to the Lord. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice. Why'd they change his name, name from Jesus to Justice? These are the only men of circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. And they have been a comfort to me. So he just names three people. And he says in his whole ministry, the people that have surrounded him, the people that have worked with him, the people that have worked with him to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's only three at this point at least, that were Jews. Aristarchus, Mark, cousin of Barnabas, Jesus, who is called Justice. I can start with Jesus, who is called Justice, and let you know this is the only time he's mentioned in Scripture. We don't have very much information on him. There's another one on this list, too. But Aristarchus... Aristarchus has been through thick and thin with Paul. In fact, there was a riot in Acts chapter 19. And Aristarchus is one of the people that they were dragging around the town because he was with Paul. He was a Macedonian, yet again, another culture prevalent in Paul's ministry. So you've already got Thessalonians, you've already got uh, Jews, you've already got Macedonians, you've already got people from Colossae, and, and, slipping my mind, and Asians. That's why I slipped my mind. <clears throat> so you have this beautiful culture that's happening. You have this beautiful picture of people from all over the place that are following and spreading the gospel with Paul. Mark. Do we know who John Mark is? John Mark is the one who wrote the gospel of Mark. John Mark is also the person that when Peter escapes prison, that's the first place he goes to seek protection. John Mark's. That's Acts chapter 12. John Mark is also the person that is the cousin of Barnabas, right? And Barnabas and John Mark are the ones that have the dispute with Paul. 
Because Paul doesn't want to bring a deserter with them on their next ministry. So they end up going one way and Paul ends up going the other way. That's John Mark. And actually there's many things I could show you about John Mark, but that would really lengthen this along with Luke. But John Mark is there. At this point in time, that dispute, whatever it was, however sharp the dispute was, it didn't affect their relationship as brothers in Christ. And John Mark is there in this moment with Paul. And Epaphras, who's one of you? Yet again, another guy from Colossae, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling on our behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear, I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Heropolis. What else does he say about Epaphras? Well, what about Colossians chapter 1? He says, this is the guy you learned the gospel from. He is the guy who started the church in Colossae. Now he is over there with Paul. Serving and suffering with Paul. That's what he's doing. Not just, not just over there to check on him, make sure he's good. He has been in prison with Paul. He's a fellow prisoner. Why? For preaching the gospel. That's what he is. Colossians chapter 4, verse 14. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. So we don't know really anything about Nympha except for that she had a church that met in her house. We know a lot about Luke. He wrote the Gospel of Luke. That's that Luke. He wrote Acts. He pretty much traveled exclusively with Paul all over the place. That's why he could write Acts, right? And he was probably somebody who wrote a lot of the Gospel that, uh, that he attained during his time that he was with all the, all the apostles, that he was with Paul. He was the keeper of information. That's what he says right here. And as much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also having followed all things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you. That's who Luke is. It's like the right hand man of Paul. And he's there with him. Leading into his last days, leading into this last part of his life. Demas, on the other hand, is the one that it really makes a big difference on how you interpret this based on which letter was written first. Because either he's reunited with Paul or right after Paul gives him the shout out in Colossians, he deserts him. And you can see in Philemon, all these guys are still around. It's all the same guys. And then he says this. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. 
And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. How amazing would that be if you're Archippus, you're sitting there, the, Paul reads the letter to the Colossians, and then at the very end, he says to you, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. Now people guess what this is, because Archippus is one of the people that's meeting in the house of Philemon. Some people think that he was given commission to start another church plant, to, to start another church in his area, in his house. Other people believe that he was taking over the church of Laodiceans, which Philemon was a part of. Don't really have that answer. And then look how he ends it. He says, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains, grace be with you. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. That's how far Paul was willing to go. And he wasn't the only one. Other people followed him into that imprisonment. Other people followed him into that persecution. Other people, when most people would have ran the other way, when it was getting too hot, too heavy, too thick, as they say, right? Other people followed him. People who had been in riots and dragged around town, fearing for their lives. Imprisoned, chained. They kept following him. They remained faithful to God. They remained faithful to their calling, even to the point of death. Do you know sometimes when we read scriptures, we, we elevate certain people, and Paul is certainly worth elevating. Amazing man of God, amazing apostle. Amazing scripture to learn from. Dealt with some of the hardest and most difficult questions. Has some of the most difficult passages in scripture. And even though Hebrews is anonymous, tell me when you read it, you don't hear at least a little bit of Paul in it. But he didn't do anything alone. In fact, his group was bigger and more diverse than probably just the names on the page. This was probably the notables. Like when you write a book and you give out the acknowledgments at the beginning, there's a lot of people you don't put in that part that were still just as involved as others. These are the notables. This is why it's so important for us to work together. Despite our differences, despite our different, you know, one of the one of the most powerful parts of Christianity is the reality that it can reach all people in all places at all times from all cultures. That needs to be represented in the picture that we are painting here at North Brevard. We're not an exclusive body, we're an inclusive body. We're people with many talents, many abilities, many interests. 
that can unify to do amazing things, but we have to unify, we have to come together, and we have to get to work. Paul could have never done what he did in his life without the group of people that were there with him faithfully to the very end. God knew that. That's why those people are there. God has big plans for you too. But you can't accomplish those things by yourself as well. That's why we're here. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has big plans for you and that you can accomplish them with everything that he's given you right here? You don't have to do it by yourself. He never planned on that to happen. That's what I believe. And I'm grateful for all of you. And I think we have an amazing work ahead of us. And each of your individual talents has something to do with that work. Which is why we have to do it together. Even Jesus, who was the only one, the only one, the only begotten son does not mean that God only had one son. God has many children. He was the only one that could do what he did. He is the only son of God that died, and that came, lived the perfect life, died the perfect sacrifice so that we could have the hope of eternal life. That's why he's begotten. And even he surrounded himself with a group, didn't he? And not even every one of those is named in the Bible. But everywhere he went, everything he accomplished, he didn't do alone. In fact, it wasn't until he went to the cross that he said what we read this morning, I'm alone. You'll all leave me alone. We can do this. We can be the church that God has called us to be, but we have to be united in purpose, united in work, united in thought, united in Christ. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in his blood, received the gift of the Holy Spirit, been added to the kingdom of God? For those of us who have, I pray that we figure out how we fit into this puzzle. And we work together and strive to accomplish the work that God has set before us. This body of believers at North Brevard Church of Christ. If there's any need to respond to the invitation, you come as together we stand and sing.
Thanks, Matt. Each of us does have a role in the uh, ministry of the church. Um, it's our responsibility as elders to make sure everybody has a way to serve, and that's a, that's a big responsibility. Um, I know myself, as soon as I became a Christian, I was handed a way to serve, um, a little bit over my head at the time. Um, I think I do pretty well with that since I've grown into it. Um, anywho, if you don't have a place to serve, let's find you one. Let's find you one. Um, so today, here's some notes from the bulletin. Grab yourself a bulletin. We still have plenty of them back there. Um, lots of colors, lots of flavors. Uncle Rutt used to always say that. So anyways, on Tuesday night, we're going to have a deacon's elders minister meeting. So that'll be at 7 o'clock right here. If you're an elder, a deacon, or a minister, show up. Uh, that also includes Chris and Mike Wall if he's available too um, for their special ministries that they have. On Wednesday, the ladies' class, they have a ladies' Bible class. It meets at 11, is that correct? meets at 11. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the, in the foyer. If you weren't available last week, they ask you to sign up so you can be there. They meet in room 9. I hear it's a packed house, standing room only. So that's a good thing. That's a, an amazing Bible class that's standing room only. Almost like Sunday morning, huh, Chuck? <laughs> anyways. Um, so anyways, I heard that's a good thing. So if you can be part of that, great. Thursday at 10, Thursday at 10, it's the senior adult game day. It starts at 10 o'clock. We're going to have a lunch break at about noon. Uh, Burger Rob's what I'm going to order from. I heard that's really good. And you know what this month is. It's dodgeball month. So you can sign up in the foyer. You can either be on the whippersnappers or the spring chickens. Pick your team. This is the time. And the phrase of the week is, may the odds be ever in your favor. So it comes from the Hungry Games if you're not real familiar with that. So, okay, um, sick people. Uh, the Underwoods and the Griffins are both not able to get out this week. They're uh, not, not feeling real well. Um, so keep them in your prayers. Hopefully they'll be available real quick to come back with us. Amber Rapp had a partially collapsed lung. Uh, they believe it's thoracic endometriosis. I had no idea that it did that, but apparently it does. And she's looking to find a surgeon that'll handle that, a thoracic surgeon that'll handle that. And she's looking at a guy in Atlanta. So keep her in her prayers that she can get on the list and take, get that taken care of. Um, and unfortunately, we lost two brothers this week. Uh, on Friday, Jay Bartley and Calvin Nobles both passed away. Um, so it's sad to hear that the, both brothers passed away. Um, I know Calvin in particular. Calvin's uh, had a big fight with, uh, with his heart and his kidneys. Uh, the faith of Arliss to, to take care of him every step of the way has been amazing. And when they've been able to, both Jay and uh, Calvin, Arliss and LV, and they've been here, especially on Sunday night. It's been a service that they've felt comfortable coming to, and uh, they will ter be missed terribly. So uh, the other thing is with lightning strike, I think we've got just about everything fixed except the projector. Uh, as you can tell by the dimness of the projector, you do not have cataracts. That's just how dim that thing is. This is the old projector, so we haven't used it in about two years. That's how bad it was. Um, so anyways, we're going to take the new projector. Steve's going to take it to Mr. Doc Brown's fix-it shop tomorrow. And we think it's the ballast for the flux capacitor. So hopefully we can get that up and running. Uh, Wednesday night, we're going to have Bible class right here. It's going to be 1 Corinthians 15b. So the second half of 1 Corinthians 15. This message is going to finish that up. It's been a great time. There's no controversy, no, I don't know, just it's, it's been a fun time. So. He's going to finish that up. So uh, be here. We do continue to live stream. We monitor chat room if you want to be part of that. So stay faithful, stay healthy, till we meet again.
If you're able, please stand. And we'll sing, O Worship the King, and then have our closing prayer. O worship the King of Father, we thank you for this great day that you have given us to come together to worship and glorify you, to learn more from your word, Father. I pray that we would take that into our hearts and uh, we would allow it to change us. We pray, Father, that you would be with all those that are mentioned that are sick and ill, especially be with the families that have lost loved ones. We pray that you be with each of us as we leave. Keep us safe, Father. I pray that you would be with the elders as they make plans for the future, and I pray that each one of us would uh, draw together to serve and to work to glorify your kingdom and grow it here. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.